Hey, welcome. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you all. I have a confession for you guys. I am not a mom. I know. I know. I thought about trying to ignore that fact, you know, to just play it cool and maybe you guys wouldn't notice. But then I thought to myself, I don't know. They're pretty smart. They're probably going to figure it out anyway. So maybe I should just go ahead and acknowledge up front that I am not only not a mom, but I'm also not even a woman. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad there was actually a reaction there. And so I'm wondering for my, to myself, like, under what crazy scenario did I think it would be a good idea for me, a man who doesn't even have kids, to stand on stage on Mother's Day and to talk to you ladies, to say anything meaningful about motherhood or womanhood? Honestly, right now, I'm like, what was I even thinking? You might be wondering to yourself, okay, Dan, well, if you were that concerned about speaking on Mother's Day, why didn't you just invite a woman to come speak? That's a fair question, but we don't allow women to speak here. And so, okay, that's a joke. If this is your first time, I want you to know, everybody is laughing because that was a joke. That could, it's the exact opposite of the truth. I'm not even sure if I should have made that joke. In fact, Women Speak Connect all the time. Last year, we had an incredible panel of women that spoke on Mother's Day. They absolutely crushed it. We tried to set something up like that again. It just didn't quite work out for today's date. But I will tell you, we're actually following that same format for Father's Day next month. You're going to get to hear from several different men in the church, which is pretty stinking exciting, all right? So I knew I was going to be speaking today on Mother's Day, two moms, two ladies. And I was thinking, like, what the heck am I going to to say that is going to be helpful, that's going to be smart. I just didn't know what I should do. And then a thought occurred to me. I thought to myself, okay, here's what the ladies in our church need to hear about. Proverbs 31. I need to talk to them about Proverbs chapter number 31. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Proverbs chapter number 31, it is basically a section of the Bible that describes the perfect woman. Verse 1 tells us that this perfect woman is 35 years old. And verse 2 tells us that this perfect woman is 5 foot 1 inch tall in heels. Verse 3 tells us the perfect woman sings like an angel. Verse 4 tells us the perfect woman just recently dyed her hair blonde. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so Proverbs 31 is not directly describing my wife, okay? I'm just kidding about that. That's not really what it is. In fact, Proverbs 31 is this ancient passage that describes a picture of what an amazing and godly woman is like. It lists out her qualities and her characteristics, and it describes her at length and really in very, very beautiful detail. And again, Proverbs 31 has become like a very important part, particularly of Christian culture. Um, you may have bought a, a, a greeting card one time at Walmart. And you didn't even realize it, but you opened it up and there was a Bible verse in there and you're like, oh, well, this sounds nice and poetic. I guarantee you whatever verse was listed there on that greeting card came from Proverbs chapter number 31. Absolutely. Ladies, if you ever go to Etsy and you find a Christian woman selling stuff on Etsy, I guarantee you one of two things is true. Either she is selling it as a Proverbs 31 woman. 
This whole side hustle business she's got is her attempt to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Or she's selling you something that will help remind you that you should be a Proverbs 31 woman. You know, it's like distressed wood and hand-painted letters and it quotes a verse here from Proverbs chapter number 31. Seriously, this is a distinct and deep part of, of Christian culture in 2019. We've got like young girls and they're in ankle length denim skirts, you know? And they're journaling about growing up to become a Proverbs 31 woman. We've got guys at Christian, you know, universities and colleges, and they're walking up to, to these ladies on campus and they're like, hey girl, I was gonna go read the book of Proverbs chapter 31, but then I realized I could just study you. You're welcome, fellas. That is the most effective pickup line in Christianity. Let me know when you need me to perform your wedding. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, yeah, of course, if I'm going to be speaking on Mother's Day and I have no clue what it's like to actually be a mom or a woman, I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter number 31. And so I went and read Proverbs chapter number 31. And I thought to myself, uh-oh, I hadn't read this passage in quite a long time since I was dating Amber and I was quoting these verses to her. And I, I really, as I read through it, I started to think to myself, if I were a woman, I'm thinking I wouldn't feel better after reading Proverbs chapter 31. I think I'd probably feel worse about myself. As I was reading through this chapter, I'm like, who is this possibly describing? I can't even begin to imagine that this is reflective or representative of any woman on the planet. It just seems like the bar is way too high. Now, some of you guys know exactly what I mean. And some of you are like, I have no clue what this guy's talking about. Can I show you? Can I read this section of Proverbs chapter number 31 to you? And I want you to listen and I want you to listen critically. And I want you to be okay with laughing a little bit at this passage in some ways. And we're going somewhere with it, I promise. Proverbs chapter number 31. If we start reading here in verse number 10, this is what the Bible has to say on a godly woman, right? The ideal perfect wife. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She will bring him good, not harm, all the days of his life. Now I got to tell you as a man so far, Proverbs chapter 31 sounds pretty good. I I'm liking this so far. It goes on to say, she, uh, sorry, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Okay, okay. I understand this was written like 2,000 years ago. So the things that people appreciated about ladies back then might be a little bit different than they did today. Uh, it goes on to say here in verse number 14, she is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. Now, fellas, I just gave you an incredible Christian pickup line and I believe it'll work. This is an example of what not to say to a woman. Don't ever go up to a girl and say, girl, you are built like a boat. Like, you are like a merchant ship bringing goods from afar. That is not going to work. That is not going to work. Okay. Different time, different place. Okay. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household. You listening? No, I'm just kidding. And she plans the day's work for her servant girls. So apparently the perfect wife is rich because she's got house servants, you know? And she's great at also making sure they do all the stuff around the house. 
It goes on to say in verse number 16, she goes to inspect a field and she buys it. And with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are all profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread and her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and she opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household. Everyone in her household has warm clothes. Apparently, the perfect woman is Canadian. I'm just saying because she is looking out those cold winter days. Verse 22 says, this is where I lost it. Yeah, this is where I was like, this cannot be. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linens and purple gowns. Purple is the most expensive color to produce. Even today, it's the most valuable and difficult to produce naturally. And it says this Proverbs 31 woman who is getting up early to make breakfast and overseeing the servants and going to inspect a field and all these different things, she's actually wearing a ball gown apparently the entire time as she does all these things. Um, I hope you got, I, I, like, we're having a little bit of fun here. I treat the Bible very seriously. We're, again, we're going somewhere, okay? Don't, don't brand me a heretic yet. Um, her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders. Like the Proverbs 31 woman is so good that she rubs off on her husband. Without her, her husband would be a loser. He'd be a layabout. He wouldn't get anything done. But because he married the right woman, he's also well-respected in the community. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are always wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Now, sweetie, go pick up your toys. This is the 18th time I've told you. She carefully watches everything in her household. She knows where it all is. Honey, have you seen my keys? Yes, I know precisely where you put them. They're over there. That doesn't happen in my house. And she suffers nothing from laziness. Verse 28, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. This is like a musical at this point. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but babe, you surpass them all. Verse 30 says, charm is deceptive. And beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. So reward her for all she has done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Whoo! I told you that our theme for this Mother's Day is rebel moms. If I'm honest with you, this doesn't sound like rebel mom. This sounds like super mom. You know what I mean? Like how is it that any person could measure up to all of those descriptions? How is it that any woman would qualify as a Proverbs 31 woman? The bar is set almost impossibly high. In fact, is there any lady here that would be so bold as to say, Dan, that passage just described me perfectly. Proverbs 31, sir, put your hand down. Um, I know you're trying to gain brownie points here, but yeah, I mean, like no lady would say, yes, that's me. Absolutely. I am the perfect picture of what they're describing here in Proverbs chapter number 31. No, of course not. And ladies, that's perfectly okay. Let me say that again. You may read this and feel like you don't measure up at all. 
and that is okay. Because what I've come to understand and what I hope you'll understand by the time we're done this morning is that Proverbs 31 is not a checklist for you or for the men in your life to compare you to, okay? There's not a scale and you're being graded on how close you are to the ideal woman or how far away it is that you are. In fact, really and truly, I would hope that today I could help you be free from the idea that you're supposed to be the Proverbs 31 woman at all. I want to set you free from that to the best of my ability. So I want to explain this passage a little bit to you. I'm going to give you some insight, and then we're going to show you how this has the power to make you a rebel mom in 2019. So I'm going to give you just a little bit of insight, and uh, I think this will be helpful in making sense out of this chapter. Proverbs 31 is intended to be a poetic and romantic description. It is not intended to describe a literal woman. Okay? It's important that you understand that. This is poetic, it's romantic, it's symbolic and idealistic. It is not intended to describe any single woman in particular. So the first way that we know this is that Proverbs chapter 31 is actually a long Hebrew poem. Okay, And in Hebrew, which I can't read, but I read people who read Hebrew, and they tell me that if you can read this in Hebrew... The first line of every single one of these uh, lines, the first letter of every one of these lines is the, the next successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Does that make sense? Like maybe your kids came home from preschool or kindergarten and they took the letters of your name and they wrote out a description, you know, Amber is amazing and she is, you know, whatever. So like we go through and you use the first letter to kind of you branch out from there. This is what happens here in uh, Proverbs 31. In Hebrew, it, the first line starts with A and the second line starts with B and the third line starts with G because Hebrew makes no sense, you guys. So anyway, like this is how it works, okay? And so we know that this is poetic and like all poetry, you have to interpret it symbolically. You have to understand the genre is not meant to be taken absolutely literally. It is supposed to be romantic. It is supposed to be idealistic. It is supposed to paint like a perfect picture with no flaws. And we do this all the time. Maybe you, if you're really cheesy, or maybe you know that cheesy couple, and they say things to one another like, I love you to the moon and back. Now, of course, we know that that is not meant to be taken literally. So if a husband says that to his wife, he's not saying, hey, girl, pack your bags. We're going on a long and expensive trip so I can show you how much I love you. We'll be on the dark side of the moon and then back. And finally, you'll see the extent of my love. No, we know that when we say, I'll love you to the moon and back, what we're saying is, I would go to any length to demonstrate my love to you. You don't take it literally. You understand it's meant to be idealistic. It's meant to be poetic. And this is exactly what what's going on here in uh, Proverbs chapter number 31. Do you get that? Are you with me so far? Okay, if that doesn't sway you, if that doesn't help you, maybe this will. We didn't read it, but if you were to read in verse number 31, this passage is written by a guy named King Lemuel. And King Lemuel is a dude that only shows up one time in the entire Bible, and it's right here in Proverbs 31. We don't know anything about King Lemuel except he wrote this particular passage of the Bible. Now, what we do know is that at this time in Middle Eastern history, kings had a lot of wives. 
And I don't just mean like four or five. I mean, literally, kings had hundreds of wives. They had stables of wives. They would go two or three years without spending the night with the same woman. They had hundreds of wives. And what I think happened, I can't prove this, but man, this just seems to make a lot of sense to me, is that King Lemuel, he had a bunch of different wives like every other king. And one of his wives was really beautiful. And another one of his wives was an incredible businesswoman. And he still had another wife who was a very skilled seamstress. And then he had a, another wife who was an incredible lover. And then he had another wife who was deeply godly. And King Lemuel at some point thought to himself, dude, could you imagine if you could take one woman and combine all of these qualities and characteristics into one, she would be the total package. She would be the greatest woman to ever walk the face of planet Earth. And then he's like, this is a good idea. And so he sits down and he writes this long Hebrew poem that eventually we know is Proverbs 31. And then I guarantee you, he went to each one of his wives and he said, babe, look at this poem I wrote about you. This one's about you, not about all them. This one is only about, and then he went to her and he's like, no, this is not about her, girl. This is about you, okay? So we've got this poetry. The whole passage is supposed to be interpreted poetically. And then we've got this guy who we know can't be talking about a single woman because he had hundreds of women in his life. So here's what I hope. I hope for those of you, particularly those of you who are Christians, because if you're here this morning and you're not a religious person, this is the first time you've probably ever seen this. You've never felt any pressure in your life to be a Proverbs 31 woman. But for those of you guys who've been around the church for a long time, this pressure may come internally. It could come externally from, you know, your church or your husband or anything like that. But whether it's internal or external, I want you to know that you do not have to grade yourself on some theoretical Proverbs 31 scale. Just stop doing that altogether. It wasn't intended to be a checklist to measure yourself against. And fellas, let me say to you, if you ever find yourself saying, why isn't my wife a Proverbs 31 woman? In that moment, sucker, you better drop to your knees and thank God that she is not a Proverbs 31 woman because if she was, she definitely wouldn't be married to you. That's <laughs> true though, it's true. So ladies, stop judging yourself on the Proverbs 31 scale. It, that's not what this passage is there for. Okay, so does that mean we should throw Proverbs 31 out? Like if this isn't what we should be talking about, women, you shouldn't be judging yourself. Why are we even bringing it up on Mother's Day Sunday? Well, I think Proverbs 31 actually is very helpful if you read it correctly. If you know how to interpret it, if you look at it the right way, man, this is, it's such an amazing passage. And I promise you, um, it has the power to set you free from unrealistic expectations and it has the ability to empower you to be the rebel mom that God wants you to be, okay? And the way that we're gonna understand this is I'm gonna highlight one verse from this whole long section here. And this verse is the key to understanding everything you need to know about Proverbs 31. I would say it's the foundation for understanding biblical womanhood and motherhood, all these different things, okay? So the, the verse I wanna highlight, we'll, we'll put here on the screen, Proverbs 31, 25. 
It says about this woman, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Now, before I explain this verse to you, I need you to know that somebody created an epic meme about this verse. And although this doesn't really matter to the message, I just needed you to see it. Can we put that on the screen here? The future exists. Proverbs 31 woman just laughs at it. Just laughs. <laughs> future, you ain't got me. If you're listening on the podcast and you can't see the meme, or if you're bored later this week, go Google Proverbs 31 memes. You're welcome. It'll keep you occupied for an hour. Okay, let's go back to this verse. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Now, here's the deal. When you read this verse, you're probably likely, you're, you're just immediately honing in on the characteristics that are laid out in this passage of this supposed godly woman, right? So she is strong and she is dignified and she is fearless. And those are great. I hope that you are characterized by strength and dignity and confidence, whether you're a woman or a man. I hope those qualities are true of all of us. But can I tell you the most important part of that verse are not those three characteristics. The most important part of this particular line is the fact that in verse 25, the woman is clothed with strength and dignity and a fearlessness about the future. The writer of this passage is gonna use a metaphor and God, I'm just telling you, this metaphor is so good. It is so strong. It is going to set some of you women and men free today. Some things are gonna click, some light bulbs are gonna come on because of the wording that's used here in this passage. The idea here is that we take from God, something that we need. See, the women in this passage, maybe you in your own life, you look at that and you say, man, when I, when I consider those three qualities and characteristics, I don't have them. I don't, there are probably women in this theater who are strong, women who are dignified, women who are fearless, but that doesn't describe me. I'm not feeling very strong today, Dan. And I forgot my golden tiara at home, so I'm not particularly dignified. And I can tell you fearlessly that I am not fearless. So this passage doesn't describe me. But oh, I hope you'll see this. The verse doesn't say that you are strong and dignified and fearless. The verse says you are clothed with strength and dignity and a confidence about the future. Catch this. These are qualities and characteristics that this woman does not have, but she is able to gain them from outside of herself, and it makes all the difference. Perhaps I can help you to understand with another metaphor. We're doing a lot of metaphors today, but let's say you're cold. Summertime, hopefully none of us are gonna be cold anytime soon, but let's say you get cold. What do you do? Do you just resign yourself to the fact that you're cold? Do you just say, well, this is the way God made me. He didn't give me any fur to keep me warm. And so I guess I'm just supposed to be cold. No, of course not. Do you beat yourself up? over the fact that you're cold. Like, man, I am just no good. Look at that woman, she's not cold. Why can't I be like her? 
No, if you're cold, if there is something you wish were true of yourself, but it is not, what do you do? You clothe yourself with a jacket. And when you do that, what was not true of you a moment ago now becomes your reality. This is why this metaphor is so good because you're here this morning. You say, I'm not strong and I'm not a great businesswoman and I'm not super godly and I'm not even a good husband. This is about women, but I'll go ahead and throw myself in there. I don't have those qualities. And the great thing about Proverbs 31 is it tells you, you don't have to have them. You don't have to worry about whether or not you possess those things. You can allow yourself to be clothed by those things and you get to enjoy all the benefits despite the fact that you do not possess those things in and of yourself. How good is that? Like ladies, you're saying, God, I I just need strength and I don't have strength and I hate myself for it. You don't have to have strength. You have to allow God to clothe you with strength. You say, God, I wanna be, I wanna have dignity. I wanna have self-esteem. I wanna see myself in a right way. I know the way that I look at myself is unhealthy. It's skewed, but I don't have the dignity and self-esteem that I need right now. You don't need to. You need to let God clothe you with the dignity that you need. You say, God, I I need patience desperately. I mean, I I wanna be a patient mom. I wanna be a patient wife, but oh my goodness, have you seen my family? I want this, but I don't have this and you're beating yourself up over it, you don't need to be patient. You need to let God clothe you with patience. We can go on and on and on. We could talk about hope. You don't have to have it. You only have to be clothed in it. We could talk about financial provision. You don't have to have it. You only need to let God provide it for you. We could go on and on and on, but this clothing metaphor is so good. And by the way, I'm sorry that they used a clothing metaphor on women. I know that's kind of weird and gross, but you know what? It's there and it's good for all of us because it means we don't have to have it we go to the one who does have it. So let me ask you this question. What do you need God to clothe you with today? What do you need God to clothe you with today? Every woman and man in this auditorium needs something a little bit different. Now, my guess is there are gonna be some general things that come up again and again and again, but in your heart, in your life, in your family, in your relationship with God, what do you need God to clothe you with? What do you feel like you don't have, but you can receive from God? This is what it means to be a rebel mom. This is why we've used this theme for this entire Sunday. Because as a rebel mom, you are fighting against the world's standards of what it means to be a woman and a mom. And I think most of us could agree the stuff we see in magazines and the stuff we see on Instagram, it does not paint an accurate picture of what it's really like, not even for those women. Hmm? They're all airbrushed, right? It's all filters. It's all staged photo ops. And so as a, as a mature, as a, as a wise woman, You look at those standards and you say, nah, 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 I'm not falling for that trap. I will rebel against any unhealthy standard that the world sets for me. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, you also rebel against unhealthy religious expectations that say, if you want God to be happy with you, you need to be the Proverbs 31 woman. You rebel on both sides and you say, no, 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 no. I'm going to follow Jesus. He's the one that I'm going to be worried about pleasing. And when I don't have what I need, I'm going to let him clothe me with it. I am going to be a rebel in the society. I'm going to be a rebel in the church culture and 
I'm totally cool with that. I will spend my entire life bringing grief to the devil and joy to the Father because I know who God has created me to be. So let me ask you, what do you need God to clothe you with today? And I wanna pray for you that you would have that, that you would seek it from God and he would give it to you. So I want you to hold that in your mind. Whatever that thing is, you don't have to turn to your neighbor. You don't have to say it out loud. God knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you need. Jesus, I just pray that we would understand the power, the words of this scripture, that truly you offer to clothe us with everything we need. The Bible tells us that you have given us all that we require to live a godly life. It comes from you and not from us. And so I pray that you would set some ladies free today from unhealthy expectations, whether from the world or from the church. I pray that they would discover their divine identity in you, that they would have a dignity that comes from being your daughter and that God, they would walk in the calling that you have given to them them and they would do it in your power and in your provision. Whatever it is that people, male or female, need today, God, may you clothe us with it and may we reap the benefits of your love and grace in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not done yet. Three minutes. Because in reality, what we just read here in Proverbs 31 about being clothed and having our needs met from the outside and enjoying all the benefits, this is the perfect picture of what our entire faith is even about. See, on the, on the deepest level, Proverbs 31 paints this completely unrealistic, unattainable picture. No woman can be all of these things. And here's a little secret you might not know. Throughout the Bible, there are these pictures of humanity that are painted that quite frankly, none of us will ever measure up to. God says, Dan, I want you to be selfless and I'm not. God says, Dan, I want you to be kind and I'm not. God says, hey, you, I want you to be obedient and we're not. God says, I want you to be faithful, and we are not. I want you to be generous. I want you to be this. I want you to be that. And we fail to measure up every single time. So what do we do? Does God cast us away? Does he write us off? Does he say, you don't have what I'm asking you to have, so you're not one of mine. Let me go find somebody else who is selfless, somebody else who is kind, somebody else who is godly, somebody who else who is faithful. Is that what God does for us? No, the good news of Christianity is spelled out in the book of Galatians. Look at what this passage says. Oh my gosh, Galatians 3, 26 and 27 says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus and all who have been united with him in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. When, when the, the, the writer of Proverbs uses this clothing metaphor, it is a metaphor that is continued throughout scripture. And the truth is you and I don't have what we need to deal with our sins and our faults and our shortcomings. We have to acknowledge I am not the person that God wants me to be. And that's okay too, because the free offer of Christ is that he will clothe us 
in forgiveness. He will clothe us in righteousness. He will clothe us in healing. He will clothe us in completeness. You don't have to have it. In fact, none of you do. It isn't something that comes from within. It is like a jacket being placed over you. It is something that comes from without. And again, to go back to that metaphor, if you're cold and somebody offers you their jacket, what do you have to do? Say yes, say thank you. So it is with Christ. All you need to do to be clothed in Jesus is to say yes and to say thank you. Because the bottom line for our message, and this goes so far beyond motherhood and womanhood and manhood, this is a human issue. And the bottom line that I want you to walk away knowing this morning is that you don't have to be perfect like Jesus. You just have to be clothed in Jesus' perfection. You accept his offer to give you what you need. So we're gonna pray again. And this prayer is for those of you that say, man, there is something to this. And I want whatever Jesus is offering me in this moment. I want his forgiveness. I want his grace. I want a relationship with God. And I know I don't have what I need, but I'm trusting that Jesus can clothe me with the things that I need in this moment. If that's where you're at, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and I'm gonna lead you in a short prayer. The prayer is not magic. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in the quietness of your own soul. God will hear you. He will meet you and he will give you every single thing you need. You could say this, dear Jesus, I need you to clothe me with forgiveness. I need you to clothe me with love. I need you to clothe me with purpose. I accept that gift from you. Amen.